Hello and welcome to season three of Beauty Boss, the podcast about all things beauty and beyond. We are so happy to be back. Hooray. Hi. <laughs> I'm Jackie, if you've forgotten me. It's been a while. It has been. And hi, Lana. Hello. I'm back. I'm still here. <laughs> Each week, we will bring you an interview from one of the biggest names in the industry, find out all of their tips and tricks, and delve beyond skin deep. You know the drill by now. Mm-hmm. And as always, today we're speaking with another incredible beauty boss. It is the former Olympian, Steph Prem, and then our holy grail. Self-care is something that I'm a huge advocate for. I think the word gets thrown around too easily, but I, I think it's not should not be seen as a selfish act. Steph Prem is not just an incredibly talented snow bunny. She is a motivational speaker, commentator, business owner, and everything she touches turns to gold. So here to teach us how to release our inner beauty is Steph Prem. Thank you, girls. What an intro. (laughs) So from a girl who grew up around Mount Buller on the slopes, did you ever dream of going to the Olympics? No, it's funny. And I, I feel bad saying it because... You know, a lot of people say that as a kid you should want to grow up being an Olympian, but for me it wasn't always my dream. I just grew up loving snowboarding and loving the snow and fell in love with the mountains at a young age. Uh, And I never actually probably believed that I was good enough to be an Olympian. Mm -hmm. So it was not until later in life, it wasn't actually until I finished high school that I really realised that 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 was something I wanted to pursue. Um, You know, if you had have asked me when I was 12 or 13 what I wanted to be, I would have told you I wanted to be on Australian Idol or be a pop star. You know, it was (laughs) was, amazing. uh, I'm also great um, (laughs) and a good fallback plan, but um, I happen to be better at sport. So... (laughs) Oh, did you find it easy, like when you, like, did you, you know, get into it really quickly or was the training sort of really hard and intense? I think a combination. I fell into it through, I was lucky to have really active, sporty parents. So um, my dad took up snowboarding in the 80s when Mm. it first came to Australia and then taught me how to snowboard uh, when I was about 11 or 12, which is quite late to start a sport. So um, hence why I don't think I thought of it as something professional or as a career. But uh, I never really took to skiing. I still can't ski very well these days, (laughs) which is hilarious. I just really took to snowboarding and I loved it and it was a passion and a lifestyle and I met so many different friends and kids from different walks of life and that's how I got into it and I started competing and doing quite well young yeah. uh, at junior level and then later in life yes it got very difficult once you get to trying to get a world cup standing or a world cup ranking things get a little more challenging <laughs> <laughs> and how was it representing your country like that's insane I say I mean I feel old and retired these days but um, <laughs> I still say it was the highlight of my life or career definitely the highlight of my sporting career it's it's the most overwhelming experience like turning up to an Olympic village I I can't explain to people just the the overwhelm that comes over you um, going into something like that and not much can prepare you for those moments standing at the top of the gate is something that I hold very true to my heart now and I still refer to it a lot in times of stress and need in my life because I remind myself that if I can do that I can do anything because it's one of the most scariest uh liberating but scary moments mm. of your life. Your heart's like coming out of your chest. <laughs> you know, I, I often, I've been asked a few times about it because I went to the toilet about eight times before my run because <laughs> I was so nervous. But every time I went back to the bathroom or went to line up for the toilet, uh, there was girls that I admired and girls that I competed against from around the world 
uh, and girls that were ranked above me also lining up for the toilet. And it just reminded me that we're all human and we're all nervous and we're all here competing on the world stage on the same day. And that, that for me was a really, really big, uh, I guess, eye-opening moment for me at the Olympics. And it kind of just made me want to step into what I was doing and, and give it my best. And so one of the things that we do love about you is your honesty. And part of that came through really strongly through you was when you broke your back and your recovery process of that. Like, Why did you feel the need to involve people in that whole process with you? It's um, in all honesty, for the first few years, I didn't talk about it at all. Uh, and I think it's like anything once you work through it and, and come to terms with it and, and realise that there's a lot of other people going through similar things and you can maybe have a voice or help others. That's kind of when you step into it. Um, uh, I came off the back of the Olympics not getting the result that I wanted to get. So that's why I went to that those World Cup finals and that's where I had my accident. So, I, you know, I... I hindsight's a beautiful thing but um, I was burnt out and I was tired and I was injured coming off the back of the Olympics and I probably shouldn't have gone to that last race Uh, but I did and I had that horrific accident where I you know did fracture my spine and did horrific damage to the left hand side of my body um, and both internal and external damage to my body and it was through I guess the recovery and the rehabilitation and the process of that whole accident that showed me and taught me and introduced me to so many other people that had had trauma in their life and had gone through a lot of horrible things and my whole fitness business was built out of the fact that the health and wellness also called fitness industry was missing this really nurturing element uh, for people that needed to be looked after mm. uh, and I found myself in that situation because I'd been an extreme sportswoman my most of my life and taken for granted my body very much so uh, and could do most things and then had this horrific accident where I struggled to get through you know a 20 minute Pilates class in a day uh, and and that was very very confronting for me and mentally physically emotionally uh, put me in a really dark space for for a while there so when I sort of came out the other side it was um, I felt very comfortable to share it and talk about it and um, it's all part of the uh, experience I guess and it was it's just my story so um, something I've learned is you, you know you have to kind of sit comfortably in your own narrative and mm-hmm. that was part of mine it's definitely not what I like to be known for or known as, but it has definitely set me up for a lot of other things later in life um, that I wouldn't have understood as a young athlete. That, mm. That's for sure. And um, now post-Olympic career, you've thrown yourself into the wellness sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you're up to now, what's happening Yeah, absolutely. I did um, throw myself wholeheartedly into it. I think I was always very connected to the health and fitness and wellness industry. Um, Anyway, before I was an athlete, I was a dancer for 15 years um, and then obviously was an athlete for 10 to 15 years. So it felt very natural for me to stay in sport or uh, the movement industry. Uh, and what I've fallen madly in love with is wellness mm. and a well-being. Um, I, I, I still get a little perturbed. I guess it burns my crumpets a little bit. The fitness industry <laughs> these days because it's still very based on um, aesthetics and, yeah. and um, not always giving the best image to young girls or women in general. Women, absolutely. Yeah. Like a lot of my demographic and my clientele are, are you know, women who are 30, 40, 50 plus and have, have the exact same issues and problems in their life. So... Um, for me, I dived in obviously because of my accident uh, and because I was I was introduced to all these beautiful rehabilitative and, and um, corrective exercise modalities through my rehabilitation. I worked under incredible mentors and worked for some great people in sport. So it, it felt natural to me to um, do what I did. 
I originally did it, and I don't lie about this, to look after myself and get well myself again. And I did the boot camps on the side and the women's sort of motivational fitness workshops because I always thought I would go back to sport. And Mm. I thought it was a great thing that complemented sport and I could do on the side. And it just turned out that I loved it more. Uh, And sport is so individual. I was in an individual sport, sorry, not a team sport my whole life. So it can be um, quite isolating and different. And I, I, um, I guess when I left sport and I was injured, I missed, um, being on the road and meeting new people and that camaraderie and I found all of that again through these beautiful fitness camps that I'd started. So that's where it all began and fast forward, you know, I'm going on nine or so years now, you know, I've opened a couple of studios and I do a lot of uh, pop-ups and I do health retreats and all of those kind of things. But the the newest, I guess, adventure or um, challenge for me is um, the new studio I'm opening in the next couple of weeks which is really exciting called Rise by Studio PP and it's really focused on corporate health and well-being which I've found is the kind of clientele that I was attracting the last few years. Essentially everyone's working (laughs) anyway. The difference between what I've built and why it's I I guess um, industry leading is because it's built into a tower. It's built into an office building of 4,000 tenants that have access to this corporate health and wellbeing space day in, day out. Mm. Um, And it just effortly fits into their their workday and assists with that that work-life balance, which is... um, essentially what I say my life is now dedicated to is is, um, is balance or, or how we find it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these clients that I was attracting were, you know, working women, working men, people that were trying to find that work-life balance and mm. um, look after themselves a little bit better. And that looks so different to, you know, Susan that it looks to Michelle, to Jackie, <laughs> to, you know, yeah. er, Alana. It's, yeah. it, everyone's journey is so different and I really don't believe that health and fitness is a one-size-fits-all. Um, and, and we all deserve to, to be our he- healthy and happiest selves. Uh, so really that's what is, I guess, the underlying uh, ethos or value to everything that, that we do and, and we try to instill into people's lives is that it's, it's not about how you look, it's definitely about how you feel and, and how health and wellbeing fits into your life. It can be very, very different for everyone and that's okay definitely. too. Yeah. yeah. And you speak a lot quite frequently about inner beauty. How do you find that you release your inner beauty? I think um, it's, you know, I always say it comes from within. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really about how you look after yourself. Um, self-care is something that I'm, uh, I'm a huge advocate for. I think the word gets thrown around too easily, but I, I think it's not, a, you know, should not be seen as a selfish act, but as a, kind of like a survival toolkit uh, <laughs> about how we all look after ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that looks like to you. So I think for me, um, looking after ourselves within, it's that's it's um, nurturing all the things that you're passionate about um, or doing a lot of things that, that you're passionate about, making time for those things, um, you know, um, and looking after that internal dialogue is really, really important, that voice that uh, – that negative internal dialogue can be really dangerous, the voice that tells you you can't or the voice that tells you that um, you're not capable or that you shouldn't or maybe next year or let's start next week or, though you know, those voices that pop into your head when you're run down and you're tired and you're overwhelmed and taking on too much. Uh, so I learned a lot about that in, in sport, about how, how to talk to yourself, how to motivate yourself, how to put yourself in a better headspace to take on the day, to take on an event, to try and win a race. You know, you would never turn up to a race with the mindset that you might lose. Mm. It's just yeah. not how you would turn up 
uh, as an athlete, it's not how you're allowed to turn up. It, you were just sabotaging yourself essentially yeah. from the from the get go. So um, I, I try to take that same approach to everyday life now, and and that can be in a work a stressful work day. Um, that can be coming into state for you know uh, <laughs> meetings and and life and business and work. So I, I think it's really important to um, listen to that internal voice, train that that internal dialogue, and mm. um, make sure that you are looking after yourself from the from the inside out. Because whatever is going on inside is often how it is is what is uh, you know unfortunately recognised or executed yep. externally. <laughs> yeah. So um, we need to get better at you know filtering the good and the good and the bad. And and that's not to say we can be positive all the time but it's 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 definitely uh taking a more positive approach mm. and your instagram is full of all these beautiful snaps of you you know outside and soaking up the sun is that important to you do you believe to you know get outside and you know leave the four walls <laughs> um absolutely yes <laughs> I, I spent most of my life and career on top of a mountain so um i i get a little claustrophobic um, <laughs> inside four walls not today this is wonderful <laughs> uh, but um i f- funnily enough i spent uh, i missed 11 summers when i was competing um as a winter athlete yeah uh, a winter olympian you don't see a lot of um sunshine or, or summers <laughs> yeah. so i chased the snow in the winters for 11 seasons back to back so given the opportunity these days yes I get outside and soak up vitamin d as much as I can um but I'm being the a-type personality that I am I I learned that the hard way too because I went from being outdoors and so engrossed in this wonderful outdoor lifestyle um Mm. and healthy lifestyle as an athlete to then starting a business and being stuck in amongst the four walls um quite heavily for the first year couple of years of starting my business um, and head down, butt up, motivated. But, um, you know, I very quickly learnt how I could burn out uh, by not looking after myself, by not giving myself that time outside of, call it the four walls or the, the work <laughs> environment, as you will. So, um, you know, these days I, I take every opportunity to escape, <laughs> if that's the right word, <laughs> you know, and, and soak it up. I, I love the outdoors. So um, whether it's sun or mountains, that's where you'll find me, yeah. given the opportunity all the time. <laughs> Definitely. It's always a bit of a shock when, you know, we're slammed at work here and we go outside for the first time in the morning and it's uh, raining or, or something. We have yeah. no idea. You have no idea what no. the temperature is like. <laughs> I mean, I get up and teach. I still teach at my studio and I'm teaching from 5am in the morning and sometimes I don't come up till 1 or 2 because yeah. mm. I've been teaching the whole time. And then I walk outside and I was like, I had no idea it was 32 degrees today. <laughs> it's really warm now. Yeah, it's beautiful outside, guys. You should really get outside. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all um, we're all guilty of doing it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in moderation, in moderation, that's yeah. for sure. And what would you say some of your best tips are to kind of wind down at the end of a stressful day? Oh, and this is something I have to actively, actively work on myself because I am such um, a high octane, <laughs> high uh, hardwired <laughs> person. I like to go, go, go and be on. I have a, I struggle with an off switch. I often call it my dimmer because I don't think I have an off switch. Um, but um, I my dimmer <laughs> involves... Um, Winding down with um, herbal teas, uh, breath work, acupuncture is my off switch. I Ooh. always say that's my that's my my dimmer, my off switch. Yep. It really helps um, my nervous system and helps my um, my my rest and restore state, if you will, my parasympathetic nervous system. So I do, I do a lot of acupuncture. But if it's if it's not something that I'm going out and seeking or doing, um, when I get home, it's about candles and incense and really good music. 
um, you know, herbal teas, trying to stay, trying to stay off my <laughs> computer and my phone. I run my business off an app, so I, I do find it hard to disconnect yeah. a lot. And I have a lot of team members and, and things like that. So I, I'm, I'm aware of it um, and I actively try to be better at it. And, and I'm not perfect by no means, but I, I, I have a, that, that routine of coming home and, you know, getting out of my active wear and putting something comfortable on and lighting mm. a candle or some incense and having a cup of tea and just trying to – and I love to cook. So I just mm. try to take time to make a nice dinner or um, spend some time dimming. with myself. Dimming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dimming. Uh, um, let's jump into outer beauty now because, like you said, you spent – many of your your time you know on mountains and in all these glorious landscapes what were your go-to products that you always had to have with you when you were traveling I I think like number one is for me a a sunscreen because I was guilty as a child of taking sick days from school and then I'd come back to school with a goggle tan (laughs) (laughs) so it was very obvious that I not necessarily had the flu or um because yeah I I honestly had to get laser um on my skin after my sporting career because I had a goggle tan it never leaves literally never leaves your face a permanent like line of goggle tan on my face so um I'm a lot better with my my skincare these days um, uh, so a, a really good you know um, sunscreen is is a go-to for me um, really good I use a lot of um, organic facial oils and, and face creams um, and a lot of go-to skincare I love mm. and I can't operate without music so I don't go anywhere without headphones and um, music and playlists and I just it's how I operate it's part of I f- I feel what I put out to the world music can switch my mindset and my my um my entire state in in seconds um it's how I switch myself on to take on the day and do things so I don't go anywhere without it um and what else I don't know (laughs) (laughs) is there a particular song because that's a few times you've mentioned music now you know if you want to you know bring yourself up or do you have a particular song that you jump to I was uh, one of those crazy athletes you know you have people I I love finding out that athletes have these morning routines yeah yeah, do crazy things so I used to have set playlists for set competitions and you know like three songs I would have to listen to before I competed (laughs) stupid funny things like that you know you lace your boots a certain way and then you'd listen to some Britney Spears that was just how you start your day (laughs) you know um Yes. So it, it was a. It was a. For those like my close friends that know me, mm-hmm. not a shock. But I put up photos of me at the Britney Spears concert in New York about a year or so ago on yes. Instagram, and everyone was like, "Are you joking? Is this a joke?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, she is my number one. Are you kidding? She can't not turn your day around. No, she can't. Um, there so is no judgment here. No judgment. <laughs> in Absolutely fact, just not. a lot of jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great concert too. <laughs> Um, so I go. I'm I'm eclectic though. I can go from you know pop and Britney Spears to a lot of Ministry of Sound. You know, up up up. I I work in the health and fitness industry, so I, I like music that brings brings up my mood and brings yeah. up my heart rate and brings up my um, elevated state. Um, but then you know when I'm doing the wind down and the dimming in the mm. in the evening, it can be. Um, you know, cool down tunes and I listen to, uh, you know, a lot of jazz and I can listen to a lot of 70s music as well. So super yeah. eclectic. Yeah. Um, but day to day, pop and dance is where you'll find me. Britney. Yeah. A whole lot of Britney. All day Britney. Every time. <laughs> every time. Like if you, you need to turn my day around, put some Britney Spears on. <laughs> Unapologetically. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We need to jump into our quick fire questions. Are you yes. ready? I'm ready. 
Oh, gosh. I don't know. Am I? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm nervous. (laughs) If you could only use one beauty product for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, Rose water mist. Any particular one? Uh, I have a beautiful organic one I'm using at the moment. Couldn't tell you the brand. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. What one word would you use to describe your beauty routine? Simple. What has been your biggest beauty fail? Hair. My hair. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to cut my hair like Gwyneth Paltrow in Sliding Doors. Oh. When I was about. That's a bold move. Yeah, 17. And I mean, you guys can see my hair now. I have curls. Like I have so much hair. So you cannot cut this hair short. I just like, I looked like a. Like Macy Gray gone wrong. That was <laughs> an at white afro um, and it just, it was not okay. And no amount of butterfly clips could fix that situation <laughs> oh when I gosh. was in like year 10 or wherever I was, oh. however old I was at the time. Amazing. So that will stick with me till the day I die. <laughs> biggest, biggest no-no. Long hair forever now. Yeah, forever. <laughs> this needs weight. <laughs> These curls need weight. What is a beauty trend you've never mastered? Oh, um, uh, eye makeup. I, I can't do it. I still get my – my sister is six, seven years younger than me and I still get her to help me with my eye makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and when do you feel you're most beautiful? Uh, when I'm uh, full of energy, um, confident, confident, feeling passionate about all the things I'm sort of doing um, at that stage in my life. Um, when we're all less overwhelmed, I think that's when we all feel our best. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think energy and um, – and, and purpose have a lot to do with that. Amazing. And our very, very last question. If you could go back and tell your 16-year-old self anything, what would you say? Don't cut your hair like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, in, in all seriousness, um, I, would, I would say, you know, don't listen to the external. Learn to run your own race, essentially. What I was saying earlier about staying in your own lane, I, I think we, we grow up quite um, not guarded and not in a bad way, but not not so open-minded to things. So to always be learning and to always explore your belief system and, and your your passions in life and, and don't just go with the status quo, you know. Mm. Really um, follow your own way. Your own way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming in today, Steph. We really had a good time. Yeah, it was so you. much fun. Thank you, girls. <laughs> Steph is such a darling. So insightful, much knowledge, much wisdom. (laughs) A breath of fresh air. We loved having her in the studio. I can't believe she came all the way from Melbourne just just to speak to us. She's flying back. She's gone already. Gone. Here and gone. Okay, hit me. Holy Grail of the Week, Alana. Holy Grail of the Week actually is a very specific grail this week. It's a NARS lipstick. It's just Mm -hmm. their regular one. But it's in the shade Tlaid. (laughs) I don't know why. But it's like the travelling sisterhood. It's the sisterhood of the travelling pants. That's the word of the movie. Good job. <laughs> it looks good on everybody. It's like a pinky rosewoody nude. It's the best. You it's just name like 25 colours then. <sighs> I mean, it's just another lipstick to add to my 80. But I have lots of lips and I need lots of looks, Jacqueline. Okay. You do. It's you $40, do. Mecca, where you get all Nas goodies. What is yours? Mine this week is um, The Ordinary. I've actually never tried it before. Controversial. <gasps> I know. People always look at me funny, but I don't like to jump on bandwagons. I like to be different. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did. Um, it's the caffeine solution, the under eye one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like around 10 bucks. It's incredible. I mean, I'm getting older now. 
So old. <sighs> so old. My wrinkles are coming out. It You're hurts. aging before my eyes. And now I need under eye creams. <laughs> <laughs> Practically my mother. <laughs> but it's so good. You can actually feel it working. There you go. My eyes are now caffeinated. <laughs> Ready for the day. Luckily you are not. You're too much on caffeine. <laughs> That is all we have time for today, girlfriends, but please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Yes, rate and review the podcast. It means we can get into more e-holes each and every week. <laughs> Plus, you can find us on Instagram at Beauty Boss Podcast. so make sure you tell us what you want to hear more of on the podcast so we can do it. Mm-hmm. And next episode, we'll be bringing you another awesome interview with another one of our favourite beauty girl bosses. So make sure you tune in. But until then, don't forget that you can use conditioner as a shaving cream if you don't have any left. Bye!